Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. And I am Gordon. Hi, Gordon. This episode, we're going to talk about the value of a plugin, a digital plugin for Lightroom, Photoshop, or other digital photo editors. I use plugins from time to time. How about you? I have used plugins a long time ago, and uh, I'm gradually getting away from them. Fair enough. Well, let's start at the very beginning of the plugin story. Okay, I understand that's a really good place to start. It is indeed a very good and place. And since you've written down in the form of one, two, and three, we may as well go for it. We may <laughs> as well. <laughs> do. No, wait, wrong movie. Do, do, do. <laughs> so, a plugin, by definition, is an additional piece of software typically paid for, but occasionally free, that performs a specific function in the context of editing. Some of the most popular plugins offer specific solutions to noise or sharpening. Do you ever use any of these types, Gordon? I have. Like I said earlier in my training, all the ones I have are old, none are current. As I said, they're mostly unused at this time. Okay, I understand that. So, in the past, not so much in the present. So why back then did you choose to use a plugin, given that most all editors have some kind of, let's use the examples of sharpening or noise reduction built in? Well, I can't actually say that I chose to use plugins. But uh, earlier in my post-processing career, uh, somebody mentioned that uh, these plugin thingies were available and if I used them, they uh, would provide me with a given result, given provided better, faster, and may present me with options that I had not thought of myself. So I think, I that's think, where I went. I think that's fair. I'm probably in the same boat. I've used third-party plugins instead of native functionality myself. In my case, I chose to do so because I believe that the plugin did a better job than my editor worked faster, and wasn't trying to be all things to all people. But I've also found that the editor is caught up in quality and functionality, and so my willingness to pay additional money for plugins has waned. Well, that was exactly the point that I have arrived at over time. The plugins were good initially, but the native software, particularly the big companies which are not run by fly-by-nights, were very quick to catch up with uh, with what was being produced. Now, the idea of the plugin was valid before native software was, when native software was being purchased and you had what you had and you kept it until it fell apart. With the subscription model, these updates become available, and I think the value of the plugins may be decreasing in my experience. So that sounds like a, prob a problem for these plugin makers. Uh, that, would, that would be a problem for the, for the makers because their business relies on people using them. And if people are already have software that's going to do what they want it to do, uh, the attraction is less. I confess that for myself, I used to use many more plugins than I do today. 
I can't even remember all the ones that I've paid for at one time or another. But these days I use very few. And I only update those when they stop working, to your point. Also, uh, to, to the plugin issue, I, I seem to recall that at a time, Photoshop and Lightroom doing things was somewhat complex. And the plugins made, uh, I seem to think, remember Lumina was one of them. They made adjustments using with a brush. You could paint over what you wanted. And this was a huge advantage for people like me who didn't really have a good handle on what was going on. But like we've mentioned, these advantages didn't last long. Uh, sky replacement is another thing. It was very popular when it came out, but suddenly Photoshop is up there and saying, yeah, yeah, do it here. Right, right. Are there any other issues that you've found with plugins uh, over time? Other than, like you said, you're, you're paying money for them. And the other thing we have to remember with plugins is that they were somebody else's opinion of what you were trying to achieve. Uh, sure, they, they were all adjustable, but if they became too adjustable, then the value of the plugin was no better than the native software if you learned to use it properly. Fair enough. And you mentioned that the advent of subscriptions, getting regular updates for the software that you use most of the time, you feel like you're getting better value for your money as opposed to, you know, having somebody picking in your pocket all the time. Is that fair? Yes, I, th I think that, that is fair. The, the people that are using the subscription model have come to... Um, the conclusion that subscription model is not a bad thing to do. And since it's now providing all these additional things, it may be providing yet more value. Well, I agree with you on that. I don't find, maybe you disagree, that photography is not getting any less expensive. And a lot of these new exciting features and functions, uh, in my opinion, they're really just lipstick on a pig when you get right down to it. <laughs> I'm not a pixel peeper. My old cameras, because they're all officially old now, do a good job in collecting light, and I can make big prints from the images. In fact, the only images that I use in noise reduction on are those that come from the smartphone, and only if I'm going to need to make a big print from it, because they're already super heavily processed before I even get to them. As for sharpening... Well, I respect the efforts of companies like Topaz and DxO. I'm not finding it to be massively better than what comes included in what I'm already paying for from Adobe when I look at the images from a proper viewing distance. Certainly if I zoom in 10 times and press my nose against the screen, I'm convinced I can see a difference. But in the real world, that whole argument is just a load of BS. Are there any plugins that you still use that you would like, you know, continue to use and that you would recommend? Um, yes. The, the ones that I, I have used and still continue to use uh, are older ones. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Nick Software. Right. And that seems to have stood the test of time. And I had that from the time when it was a 
free program provided by Google before it uh, sold it, I believe. And it's now DxO, I believe. DxO, yes. And it. and of those, my camera system has a reputation for being little little too quick to to produce noise. Okay. So I find the noise reduction in that to be very effective. Right. Now maybe I have not used learned to use the noise reduction in Photoshop or Lightroom effectively but for me getting up getting a image done in low light noticing the noise and I don't pixel peep and running it through the program changes the entire context of, of my image so for me that works okay and I used to use Viveza too also a part of the NIC but now with the new masking abilities of Lightroom it's doing doing essentially the same thing. And you had mentioned earlier, I think, about using uh, the luminosity mass. Yes. And uh, that that was a very very valid statement. However, now the masking programs in Lightroom or Camera Raw allow you to choose to create luminosity mass. So. Three of the things that we we talked about as being useful are already available. Okay. I think that's probably fair. For me, I'm probably using the plugins, A, because the ones that I use, I'm using them because I know them well. Right. And I'm functional with them. Right. And I haven't invested the time in Lightroom masking, for example, to learn how to do things like luminosity masking. Right. Doesn't mean I can't. Just haven't done it. Right. But there are areas like focus stacking where I prefer the results from a plugin. I like Helicon Focus. Right. It works a charm for me. And for me, it's not that it's necessarily better, but it's better for me because I find it easier to use than going through the process in Photoshop. If I have to grow an iPhone shot for large printing, not really mine, but I often do this for, for a client. I will use Gigapixel AI from Topaz. Although I used to use what was originally called Genuine Fractals from On One. And I think you mentioned at another time that that's now called On One Resize. To be honest, I haven't been keeping track. Because what I have gets the job done. Right. You mentioned Nick. I've had that collection since it came out. When it was chargeable... And then, of, of course, it went free, and as you point out, it's now chargeable again. I did pay for the latest release. I confess I don't really see a whole lot of difference from the old free one. There probably is, but I'm not seeing it. Maybe it's just a compatibility thing. And I'm using those tools a lot less than I used to. I still like Silver Effects Pro for black and white, right. but only because it made zone system, black and white editing, very, very simple. And I use Color Effects Pro because sometimes it has some very interesting tools that I could do in Lightroom or Photoshop. It just has this pre-built and it's quicker. Things like tonal contrast or pro contrast, I find useful. But I have to admit, there's probably a hundred different options Mm -hmm. And maybe I use one or two of them. 
I have to wonder about the viability of continuing to pay for that. I'm doing very little HDR anymore because the camera has so much dynamic range. So I haven't even launched those tools. I don't even know if they still launch. Right. I'm a version behind on the noise tool and the sharpening tool from Topaz because I don't think about noise. Right. And I'm pretty sat satisfied with the sharpening from Lightroom. Right. Again, I don't need something else. I do use an add-in, not really a plug-in. Uh, it's called Lumenzia by Greg Benz because I think and see in zones and I'm so used to how his tool builds those zone masks right. for me. It doesn't mean that I couldn't do it elsewhere. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure that uh, with, with the luminosity masking that's now available, and, and my statements are coming from the fact that I do use Lightroom Photoshop. Uh, others may do things differently, yep. and that's a, that's a different kettle of fish. But I think you can produce essentially the same effect that you wanted just by adjusting the degree of, of luminosity masking that you want. But maybe not as efficiently as Lumenzia does it. And in fairness, I haven't tried, so I don't even know. Because Lumenzia has done the job for me. However, I agree that the masking functionality that is now in Lightroom and in Camera Raw is pretty awesome. It, it is awesome. It uh, is awesome. It, and there's a lot more there than even I believe some people see. The intersect, the negative intersect, the Venn capability. Yeah, I haven't figured those out yet, and I'm, uh, I'm still in the learning process on that. Right. Well, I just watched a demo by my friend Fernando Santos, and he is expert at it. And I'm going, oh, oh. You know, I come away, come away from that going, right. I have been missing functionality in a tool I already pay for. Right. So I think that's interesting. For me... I don't post to social media, so anything that I'm going to spend time on editing is going to be a print. Right. And flaws show up in prints. And I'm not dissatisfied by what I'm getting in my prints, so don't really see why I should change anything, change. Sure. do anything different. Sure. So as, as I sort of, you know me, I, I don't believe pretty much anything I hear and practically nothing of what I see. But as I, as I sort of think about this, I, I wonder, when you asked me to review this, I said, okay, so where do, where do I use these? And what I've come up with at, at my stage of the game is most of, most of what the average, average photographer needs can be done within the envelope of the software that they have. If I don't have the skill, or a plugin could help me get the effect until I develop that skill. And I'm prepared to use it for that reason. And if photographers' needs are more effort-intensive and plugins make it make for greater efficiency, then probably they should go for it. I mean, yes, you can do it, but if you're going to spend uh, spend an hour in trying to achieve effect and the plugin will do it in about five minutes, well, uh, then that's a, that's a no-brainer. And but whether any of this will make for a better image, I think that's dependent upon skill and determination to get things done. I think that's a good place to end. Plugins, we will agree, are great tools, but only so long as they're adding value to the to the person using them. Yes. And after that point, you have to ask why you're paying. Well, you you had mentioned something like uh, Helicon Focus uh, for for focus tracking, and because you like the effect. 
and I'm saying to myself, well, what, what does this mean exactly? Because I can do the same thing in, in Photoshop. Uh, now, I don't have the experience in different things to fall back on, but if Photoshop is giving me a photo stacking that looks pretty darn good, and I don't need more, maybe, maybe Helicon Focus is, is better, but I'm not sure what the better means. So, like you said, if what you see is what you want, then maybe it doesn't matter. I, I think that's right. I One of the things that I get frustrated by being similarly uh, tenured yes, <laughs> is this illusion that a plug-in makes better images. It doesn't. No. And actually, when I, when I first started using plugins, uh, like I said, I mentioned I started using them because people said, "Oh, you can get these awesome effects." And I think the first one I uh, used was on one provided uh, free ten or something as a set of presets or plugins. So I went through it, and I think there was one of the whole series that I thought did anything useful. And that was at least gave me the contrast that Cancel as Adam was producing. Right. Everything else, I looked at it and said, this is crap. I have to concur. A lot of those default settings. Well, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah, mm. but they look overcooked and fake. Yeah. To I, me. Well, that's the that's the beholder part. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Sorry, you say beholder. I think giant floating eyeball. <laughs> yeah, they, I, they're, they're just tools. I think that tells the story. What do you think? I, I think so. Um Sure, we're going to rub somebody the wrong way with this. I I think they're they're good, they're good programs. They they've been well thought out mostly. You can do what you want to do most of the time with what you got. If you want more or you're super obsessive about getting something and you think you can see a difference, well, go for it. Yeah, you pay your money, you take your chances. Yeah, sure. And if you convince yourself that what you're seeing is better, then okay. Well, thanks, Gordon. Yeah, I've got nothing else on this subject. Not trying to be negative, but I have to ask the is it still relevant question. Right. Well, I ask that question all the time. Right. So you do. And it drives my wife crazy. <laughs> well, such is the price of living with perfection. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Ross. I'm Gordon. We will speak to you again soon.